Hello, everyone, and welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. This is a very special episode. It's my very first Mastercast. I have some of the amazing coaches from season one back to answer some listener questions today. So very excited about this. And I have Amanda from episode one and Brittany from episode four, and I will let them introduce themselves again. Amanda? Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be back. Salisa, thank you so much for having us. Um, So my name is Amanda Winkelier. I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur, and I help busy, driven female Uh, females who are currently experiencing emotional eating and challenges with food mindset. And I also am a recently certified energy practitioner and Reiki master. And I do work with female entrepreneurs who are looking to align their energies in their business. (laughs) Reiki master. That sounds so amazing. Okay. Brittany. Hi, thank you, Lisa, for having me back. So excited to be doing this episode. Um, I am a coach for women in network marketing. I help women who are just joining the business or thinking about joining um, really build up their confidence and have the mindset to succeed in the business. Absolutely. And so many women do that. So that's a great, a great niche there that working with them and helping them be successful at that. So very good question for us to get started with today. And one of the reasons why I made this podcast is to help educate people on this. But the first question is, what is life coaching? And I think that, you know, the podcast kind of teaches about that, but it's also very different for each coach. So um, we'll we'll start with with you, Amanda. How would you just like, what is coaching? Well, when I think of life coaching, I think that it life coaching helps with different areas of our life, right? So personal, professional, as well as any life transition and life transitionings that may be happening. So life coaching really helps identify what's holding you back in your current life. And then what we do as coaches is we help come up with a plan to tackle these obstacles. And again, this can be for day-to-day life. So that's my definition of life coaching. Absolutely. That, mm-hmm. that definitely fits. What about you, Brittany? How would you define it? I would define life coaching as someone who is helping keep you accountable, help you reach your goals, someone you can kind of open your mind up and organize your thoughts. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. No, mm-hmm. uh, that's perfect. It, I think that that's one of the the key things that we do is, you know, really help people dig through their own, own thoughts and see, you know, with that help, like, oh, I, I didn't realize that I was thinking this. And I didn't realize that these, I had these thoughts that aren't serving me and that they're not even true. So it's, it's, it seems simple, but it's actually, you know, a very intense, as you know, process to, to work with someone and do thought work. Yeah. It almost helps you get from A to B in a straight line instead of going up and then down and left and right to get to your final destination. Exactly. Yes. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, You know, a lot of times if, if you have a goal and you've wanted it for a long time, you can't get there. That's what you need. You need a, a coach to come in and be like, okay, 
what are we working with? I'm going to help you just like a, a coach in a game. Let me help you get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think that those are very good definitions of, of what life coaching is and how it can help you. So the next question, which is kind of related to that, is how do I know if I need a coach? Ooh, I love that question. I personally think anybody can benefit from a coach. I know in my personal experience, the first time I invested in my life coach, I was going through transitions with my current job. I was going through transitions into a new relationship. I was also questioning and thinking about becoming a coach myself. So there was all of these different facets that I was currently going through. And I feel like the beautiful thing is with having a coach, they can help you improve in any area of your life. So there's coaches for everything now. There's relationship coaches. There's, you know, money coaches. There's nutritional coaches. There's coaches for everything. So I feel like if you're looking to self-improve, Anybody could use a coach. Anybody could benefit from having that support, having that cheerleader in your corner. Absolutely. What would you say, Brittany, if someone was like, how do I know if I need a coach? Yeah, just, just as Amanda said, anyone could use a life coach. And you can find a coach for literally anything. So I think if you're not sure where to start, getting a life coach is a great beginning step to kind of get all your ducks in a row and see, you know, do I need more help in relationship? Is it my career decision? And kind of see where you're at. And then like, get multiple coaches, have a life coach, have a relationship right. coach, like, yeah. <laughs> have a career coach. That, that's what I, I do. I have multiple coaches. It's like, I, I need a team. I need a tribe to help me. Why not? Barbara is here as well. She had a little technical issue, but she's also a member of our master cast. She's from episode three. Uh, Barbara, would you like to introduce yourself to everyone? Yes. Hello, I'm Barbara. I'm jumping in from Italy. <laughs> I'm an artist and I am spreading the word about living creatively and doing what you feel like doing and helping people on the process. <laughs> I feel like people need encouragement and, 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 and the example and, you know, they're like, come on, do it. You can do it. You, you don't have to listen to everything that is said there. Right. Briefly. Yeah. That's me. We have a lot of negative output, uh, input from around us and from our own minds. So it, it's nice. It is nice to just have that, that positive input and that encouragement. So yeah. we, we answered kind of the, the first couple of questions. So we'll, we'll let you take a stab at them. If someone asks, what is life coaching? What would you say? Well, as usual, I love to answer like from my own experience instead of <laughs> repeating something. And uh, for me, life coaching, what was for me, and that's why I really like honestly would recommend anyone having one if they really want to take their life somewhere else. And just a couple of days ago, I was seeing a meeting uh, with, with a group of entrepreneurs and one was giving a talk and actually discussing the um, doing therapy, how good it is and digging down and digging deep and all of that. And he kind of talked badly about coaching and I was like biting my tongue because <laughs> I just wanted to scream and I, I hold myself and I, okay, okay. 
And, and, and that was really interesting because it was like, I have used both, honestly, therapy and coaching in different times mm -hmm. and at, both at the same time. And I find a very important distinction. And having used both, therapy has nothing to do with coaching. So <laughs> coaching really helped me with the big leaps. You know, it was like a, a quick moving forward and and that was fantastic so whether it's in life or in a particular whatever kind of thing I think we all need a coach at some point to speed forward to 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 go faster and to do it you know with the right environment with the right support exactly and that, that kind of answered both questions because the second one was mm -hmm. how do I know if I need a coach and and kind of like what Amanda and Brittany yeah. I we came to everybody, everybody could use a coach. Right. You know, and even if you don't know, like some people are like, oh, I, I need a business coach or I need, you know, a money coach. If you don't know, work with a life coach. Start and then somewhere. They, they take <laughs> you forward and then, then you're like, oh, okay, well, I want a business coach or a relationship coach. Like you said, if, if there's anywhere that you want to go, and change in your life that's that's how you get there and that's that's kind of what i had like with therapy it was about identifying problems and learning about mm -hmm. where they came from right and and that's valuable and useful but then coaching is like okay we got that what do we do what do we do right yeah. now yeah yeah. For me, it's like the let's get into action, like real action that I can see results like now. I mean, at some point, we can also say everybody is therapy, we all have dramas, but that doesn't speed you forward. I mean, you need to right. get your, sorry, test together and then do something to get out of there. I think like if you can do both, then if you feel you need them, fantastic. But it's like not one or the other. It's like depending on your needs. I found them both very useful. And currently it's like several years I don't need any therapy. And when I have an issue, like I go, okay, I, I need a coach for solving this thing. And then it's just like, okay, one session and I'm just, woo. <laughs> and I move on. That's very, that's accurate. That's what I've experienced as well. Did anybody else have anything on on that before we move on? I would say just like think about it as like a football game. You have physical therapists on your team. You have the offensive coach. You have the defensive coach. You have this team of people around you helping you. Yeah, like you said, get to the Super Bowl and win. Right. And so it's just like we're playing this game of life and how are we going to do it the most efficient, effective way? And it's going to be that get a team of people who are supporting us and we all have the same goal and that's to see us win. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like very foreign to people that don't know what it is. And they're like, what do I need a coach? What does a coach do? The same reason that you would use it for a sport. You have a team, you have a support system, you have that person who sees all the moving parts from the outside and is coaching you and has those skills and techniques. Okay, this is what the team does now. And this is how they move forward. And, you know, I think why would you not want that for for life? <laughs> Yeah. And, and here we are with this a, a beautiful <laughs> collection of, of women who can help you do that. So let's get into some of the specific questions that we had. Amanda, yes. and I want to know this as well. What is energy healing? 
I love this question. <laughs> I get this question a lot, actually. So I think we talked about this too on the first season as well as that we were talking about how our bodies are the biggest energy conductors and our bodies absorb energy from everything else that's going on in the world and it can be affected by our perspective. So what energy healing does is actually activates our body's energy systems and it helps remove blocks from emotional standpoints, mental, physical, spirituality, and it helps with removing any tension that you might be feeling in your body. So our energy imbalances are the biggest cause of health issues that we have. So what we do is I'm like the conductor. I'm not actually doing the healing. It's my energy that's performing the healing. So I've been able to help people remove blocks from stress, anxiety, depression. I've been able to pinpoint as well through energy healing areas of inflammation on the body simply just by conducting my energy through the body. Does that make sense? Not at all, but I, okay. I would like to do it is all I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about, but let's yeah. let's try it. <laughs> I, I know, and I think that's the biggest thing too is when you actually go through the process, it makes more sense because don't laugh. I've had so many of my clients come into me and they're like, what do I do? Do I lay down? I don't know what to expect. What should I be doing? What should I be wearing? And I'm like, it's okay. Like the biggest thing is coming into the healing with no expectations because once you start to expect things, you're automatically blocking your body to be open to receiving the healing. Really the energy healing removes any limiting beliefs that you might be having. There's seven body chakras that we have. We've got the crown, the third eye, the throat, the heart, the solar plexus, the sacral, and the root. So for example, if we're talking about our throat chakra, we might be blocked if we're having challenges with having our voice being heard or being able to communicate ourselves appropriately, especially for female entrepreneurs, right? We're on social media all the time. Like we're, we're getting our message out. We're trying to help clients. And if our throat chakra is blocked, we might be struggling with that. That's when energy healing comes into place where I would be able to physically help you remove those blocks. That's the best way I can describe it with, without you actually experiencing it. It's very interesting. I'm very like science-based in what I do. So I don't I know a lot about what some people would consider woo, which those are all yeah. those are all thoughts that we have, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I have like religious beliefs and there are plenty of people that would say that's woo. I don't mean that as a judgment on the energy healing at all. What I'm saying is that I don't know the science behind it. I would totally try it, right? And be open because that mindset is is super powerful. That's why even it, even placebos work. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be open to it for it to, to work at all. Yeah, you definitely have to be open to it. Like another example, uh, my first client ever, we did an energy healing and she came up to me and she's like, okay, I have three ideas right now for my business. And I was like, huh? She's like, I've been blocked for a month. And she's like, I'm releasing this in September, this October, and this in December. And I I was like, wow, like her creative juices just started flowing. So it reacts for people differently. That's the beautiful thing. So I can't give you one linear, one linear response because everyone's so different too on where their energies are blocked. So it's, it's really interesting to see. That, that is very interesting. I have three distance healings open. So Lisa, if you want one. <laughs> I might dive in, diving into the woo. It's amazing. I promise it's not super woo woo though. A lot of a lot of things, even things that people think are woo or don't have like the, the scientific 
support yet. Um, if you really think about it and learn about it, you can you can see the the principles you know behind that. I think we we had talked about that before, like with the energy crystals. Like I don't yes. know anything about that, but I know that if I had this crystal and I'm like, this makes me think about whatever the energy or the issue is that I'm working on. Yes. That is going to, that is going to make a difference whether or not, so you know, you actually think that there's something happening there. I don't, I don't know, but having that, having that mindset constantly with you, reminding you that's putting you right where you need to be. Exactly. It, it is putting you in the energy that you want. <laughs> Okay, don't laugh. And a lot of practitioners that I know do this, they'll stick like a crystal, a little crystal in their bra and walk around it all day. So, so I decided I was I think Brittany like, has a crystal in her bra. <laughs> I do too right now. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes me smile. Uh, I decided to take green aventurine, which means abundance, wealth. It's a heart healing stone. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick this in my bra. All of a sudden, like two hours later, I had a client sale and I was like, why? I'm like, that's so cool. And it came out of nowhere. So it's like, wow, like if you come in just with no expectations, it just starts to manifest. That's very, that's very interesting. And, and like I said, I think when you, when you step into that space, into that energy, and that's your mindset and where you're at, I, I think things are going to happen for you. So that's fantastic. What is your um, gem or, or stone that you have going on, Brittany? <laughs> <laughs> it's rose quartz that doesn't yeah. mean anything to me what does that mean love. <laughs> it's love yeah it's love Ooh. all right okay. that might be something to talk about but not maybe on the show see what's going on with Brittany. what can happen so exciting um well that was in very interesting the energy healing the crystals we got into all kinds of things variety bag today then so someone says i've yo-yo dieted dieted for years why can't I keep the weight off? If you think of the yo-yo, it's exactly like how it sounds. When the yo-yo goes up, right, we're in that place of restriction. When the yo-yo goes down, we're in that place of excess. So when we're constantly going up and down, there's no middle ground. There's no stability. There's no place of knowing how we're able to really maintain our diets. So therefore, it's really challenging to keep the weight off. So for example, with emotional eating and nutrition coaching, what I hope my clients work on is really finding out where are they currently at? So what fad diets have they tried? What are their behavior patterns, their eating patterns? All of that is really the foundation on how we can start building building strategies for a sustainable long-term plan. So I'm curious to know um, for the listener if this person has really identified her triggers and her food habits. I think that would be the first step in order to really then gain momentum with being able to keep the weight off. We need to find a nice stable ground. Right. It, it's important to know, you know, what is going on on there. And, you know, I think, like you said, with the restriction, that's what people tend to do is is restrict or they'll say you know what's the best diet for me what's the fad diet i'm going to do that and the the best diet for you is the one that works for you and allows you to maintain a healthy weight and be happy 
exactly that because we get it's so easy to get caught up in the food and the calories but to be honest with you what I've seen too working with my clients it's so much more than just the food that they're eating it's insecurity that they've experienced over a lifetime sometimes it's bullying that they had to deal with growing up until you know maybe even early adulthood it's maybe not feeling good enough for a, their significant other at one point in time right like they Everyone comes from a different walk of life. Most of the time, it's not just about the food. It's so much more than that. There's a behavior and habit behind what we're eating, right? So if right. we're having a really stressful day and one of my triggers is, is my boss was really, you know, giving me a hard time at work today, I'm triggered. I'm going to go to the fridge and get that ice cream. So now I notice, okay, every time I'm stressed at work and there's some type of conflict with my boss, I go and eat. Well, right there, now we know that that stress and that pressure is a trigger, right? It's not necessarily the food. It's a trigger. And then we're just happening to making choices that are more comforting rather than that are nutritious for us. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's a, a lot of work in, involved in that. And mm -hmm. kind of back to something Brittany was saying earlier, somebody to help you think that through yeah. and see what, what's going on there so that you can and change those thought patterns instead of just being like, okay, no carbs for three months. Ta-da, I lost weight and I didn't eat the ice cream. You know? well, and that's the big thing too. <laughs> Tell me that you're never going to eat carbs again in your entire life. Tell me you're never going to have that Oreo cookie ever again. Of course you will. That's why we need to have a nice, beautiful balance and right. have the Oreo cookies, have your whole foods. Great. Oh, you want a bagel today? Awesome. And now tonight you're having chicken and rice? Cool. You know, it's about finding that nice, well balance. And again, we really have to build those foundations. And that's the thing. It's not just a straight line. Everyone's foundation will look different. Therefore, your plan and your building blocks are going to look different than anyone else. Exactly. And again, a good reason why you need a coach to help you sort that out because you'll be in that trial and error longer and then if you have someone come along that's been there and they're like okay I can help you figure out what a good balance for you and what's going on here exactly I am taking on three new clients so who any anyone that's interested I have three spots open <laughs> awesome and, sh and you're not just saying that because there's three of us here right <laughs> no, no no oh that's actually funny no <laughs> I don't <laughs> no nope. awesome Okay, so <laughs> we have some questions for Barbara as well. Wait, yes, Brittany, what's up? Since we're here, um, going off of what Amanda said, how you said that people will often reach for the food for comfort, like the junk food for comfort, what, if you don't mind doing a little coaching, so what do you do instead or what do you have your clients do instead of reaching for that junk food? How do they get out of that routine? So first off, I actually talked to them about how long have they been doing that habit for and what are their actual triggers? So then we talk about their behavior from there. Okay, so now you're reaching for the ice cream. We do a lot of inner work. So that's more so how I coach them through because, for example, I had a client that anytime she was doing schoolwork, for example, she would feel stressed out, but as soon as she finished her schoolwork, her reward was food. 
And it would always be something that was comforting for her. So we really worked through that. And now instead of rewarding herself when she finishes her homework with food, she does something for self-care. So now she goes and she reads a book. She'll go outside for a walk. She'll do some daily affirmations, things that actually make her feel good. That's what worked for her. But I tend to dive really deep into that one-on-one reason because everyone's reasons are different. I hope that is helpful. No, yeah, totally helpful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, I, I can I can see that too, because for me, I think when I reach for junk food, I am looking for that dopamine hit, that immediate, like I need to feel better. So what I would do instead, you know, would depend like, why do I need that right now? What what is going on, you know, with me that's causing me to be like, oh, I need this fast, you know, happiness instead of like doing the work and figuring out what it is I actually need. Well, and a lot of times too, you'll hear, hear the term coined, like I'm bored, I'm bored eating, right? So what bored eating actually is, it's not the fact that you're bored. It's the fact that we have such a fast paced world on the outside that when we're actually sitting in our present space, and our mind isn't active and thinking about 20 million things, all of a sudden we're stagnant and all of these emotions and thoughts that we've never really worked through start to pierce through. And then we're having these feelings and emotions. So food is that automatic relief and that instant gratification rather than working on, okay, what are these emotions and thoughts coming up for me? How do I actually work on it without grabbing for the fork. You know what I mean? So that's where a lot of that coaching comes into play too, is figuring out what is actually going on for you on that personal level and how can we work more closely to getting to strategies that work and for you to resolve. Because sometimes it's trauma, you know? So just depends on the person. I think that's very true. Like when you're bored, it's really, I did did air quotes, everyone. Um, It's really you know, everything's just stopped for a minute and you don't want to be alone with your thoughts or your feelings. And so again, food's like a quick happiness hit and something to distract you. Yeah. My fiance used to board eat and I told him that and he just goes, huh, you're right. I'm like, well, you know, it takes practice. This is, it's, that's why, you know, we help each other. It just takes practice and implementing strategies that work for you, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So now we will go to some questions for Barbara. Um, Barbara, someone would like to know, how do I find my purpose? That's the million dollar question, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Let's try to be brief and practical here and give some quick advice. I would say, stop looking outside because you're not going to find it. Nobody's going to tell you what it is. And it's simpler than you believe it is. And it changes. I mean, it can change as you change. So don't get attached when you think you found it. Because as soon as you start living it, you will maybe need a tweak. And maybe something else is going to be your purpose. So just remove any concept of the idea of living my purpose or finding it or searching it or letting someone, I don't know, hand it to me, whatever. It's really simpler. I mean, it's not simple, but it's simpler than than we think it is. So I don't know. Living your purpose is simply doing that thing that 
makes you feel alive if i could put it in you know simple words and of course the simple things are the more complex to achieve and, and most importantly to understand remove from from your idea any expectation or any preconception of what purpose means and you will know you're living your purpose when you really you are not looking for anything else outside you are not running after anything you are not rushing for anything you are not desperate for anything and you're just at ease and of course that sounds very very easy and very like oh yeah hey the kind of life i don't know <laughs> that's that's what i find to be true when it comes to finding purpose just remove all the ideas you have about it and start looking within without high expectations without pressure without without stress basically like don't feel like oh i need to find it or my life is like i don't know i'm not worthy of anything you know start finding it in the, in these simple little things and start living for yourself i think if if you start putting yourself first putting your priorities straight and you will start to be going in the direction of your purpose and that's that, that would be like the first <laughs> quick advice i could say no I, that was great you actually gave me like an aha moment I, I have some clients that, that are working on that. And I think that's the issue. Like you said, that preconception, because I work with perfectionists and people with anxiety, they have this conception that their purpose is like this life thing that when I find my purpose and my passion, this is what I do. Well, of course, that's going to block you, you know, from picking it. What if you pick the wrong thing? Right. But right. you can't, you can't pick the wrong purpose, right? You, you, <laughs> you get... In, in something that you're in align with and, and you might grow and change and, and, and have a different purpose later, but you're yeah. not going to get anywhere if you don't have, you know, if you just stay in that, Oh, I can't, I can't pick one. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And it's like, it, there is this like idea. It's like, well, once I find it, everything is going to be perfect. It's like, you know, you, you find the, the walnut <laughs> like I have in my hand and it's like, now this is it and, and, and then you protect it and then everything becomes like you live in fear and scarcity and, and, and you don't move and you block and you kind of like make a mess of everything. And and when you and if you are going after your purpose with that mindset, with that approach, that's like the wrong direction. Like just <laughs> make a hundred and eighty turn and go exactly on the opposite direction because that's not the way to find it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a great point. Like if you, if you approach it from a rigid kind of mindset and a fear, like, oh, now I have it and I have to stick to it and it has right. to work, then right. you're going to have that, those same perfectionist issues and you're going to be like, why is this? I'm supposed to be happy now because I found my purpose. No, you're happy. And then you find or you also have your purpose. Right. Yeah, you're not going to be happy after you find that you first going to be happy. And then then is when you are living. It's, it's like a paradox, you know, you, you got to be happy. So your, your purpose will find you when you are happy because you are going to be allowing things. You're allowing yourself to do things that otherwise you wouldn't because you have to run after that whatever thing that uh, somebody told you or you know society family whatever and and then that, that, that's not purpose that's rubbish um so <laughs> it could it could be it could be simple i mean and, and it doesn't even have to be 
uh, your job. I mean, it, it could be something you do. It could be the lifestyle you have. It could be, I don't know, looking, going after sunset. I don't know. I mean, just open your mind and, and, and don't be fixed on it. It has to do, it has to be that thing that put food on my table. It may or may not, but if you're living in purpose, and that's something I like to approach it that way, I'm living in purpose. I'm not finding it or seeking it. It's not a thing, and it changes and evolves. So it's like it, it's time to start, you know, reviewing the meaning of that word and understand right. it like what it really is. Right. Very weighty as well. That's, that's a lot for someone to just sit and think about like wh- all those preconceptions you're putting on that word purpose. And yeah. also when you were saying it doesn't have to be your career, I, I started thinking about my boyfriend and I was like, yeah, his, his life's purpose is to make sure my dog is weighted on <laughs> hand and foot. Um, that is his purpose. Life. That is what his life, his mind revolves around. And, and that's not his job, but that's what he, that's his purpose in life is to make her life better. Right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what makes him happy. That clicks with him. That's so, all that matters. <laughs> so the other question that I have for you is someone says, I have no idea how to run a business, but I, I like to create art. How do I know if I should have my own business or just hire someone to sell my art? Okay, um, I would love to be in a conversation directly with this person because I have a lot of questions to ask in order to move on. But okay, you don't know anything about business, but you would like to make a living from your art. Hiring someone to sell your art, I will. I would love to know what kind of art is this person doing. If you decide to go full in and do and make a living out of your art. It's really important having the right mindset, working on the attachment of all sort of expectations. And even if you give your art to someone and want to do it right, you are still running a business. Even if you are not dealing with the client directly, you know, your art dealer is your client ultimately. I mean, and he will demand because if you, if you go to an art dealer, they have request and they will come and demand whatever it is that they need for their clients so you will have to adapt and you will lose a lot of freedom if you are going to do it that way now if you if you want to just try your luck and produce art and i don't know hand it to someone and see if it sells that's another story but you don't have to have that need for the money just right now and you just can play with the idea oh let's see what happens but if you want to create art constantly to provide a market and you don't have a market and you don't have your clientele and you don't have your niche and so on and you don't really know what to provide to these specific people and then you have to know that whether or not you like to do business or know something about business, you are going into business. Right. And, and yeah. your art dealer is going to demand a lot from you. What happens to a lot of artists is that they attach to their art and their way to create. And then it becomes quite stressful. Like it's, it's like maybe they come with some demands from the client and that means that you have to don't do your art. 
you are working on commission and for an artist is very hard. So you have to have the right mindset that now I'm working for my client. So it is very important to, to get this thing clear on the mindset if you want to run a business or have money constantly coming in and dealing with people. Because the other option is producing enough art and trying to sell it. And if it sells, sells, and that's fine. But then, then you are not needing the money. So you are creating for yourself and then people who like it will buy it and then you don't have to stress whether if people like it or not because you are first creating it for yourself and then and that's the easier way <laughs> if you don't want to be a business person but as soon as you start selling doesn't matter if directly to the client or to some art dealer or gallery or whatever you are going to have demands so just understand that you are going into business if you want to make money Right. That that was a good perspective there that they obviously didn't see. I didn't either. But if you want to sell art, then you're going into business. I think that would be a good place where Barbara could come in and actually coach with you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> totally. Do you want to work with a dealer or you say, I have no idea how to run a business. Is that just a self-limiting belief? Like, do you need to get out there and figure it out what all is going on there it's a problem with a lot of artists it's like no I don't want to know anything about business but then they are like a typical starving artist and then they refuse to do what they are told but they still want to sell but then they are stubborn and you know you have to loosen up a little bit if you want to make the money or you can be the rebel artist and that's totally fine but then you are just an artist and you live however you can and you want and you may do a lot of money or you may not then you're up to luck but if you your intention is to make money, you're getting into business. Right. <laughs> I hope that helps. I think so. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. And so speaking of business, switching over to Brittany, someone asked, and I really be successful selling essential oils. So the short answer, 100%. Yes. There we go. <laughs> yes, totally. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to require commitment. It's going to require you to believe that you can make money selling oils. If you don't believe it, it's never going to happen for you. Some things to look into is make sure you're joining with a good team. The people above you know what they're doing and they're going to be good mentors for you. That's going to be a really important part. Finding people who are already doing what you want to do and connecting with them and seeing how they're doing it. Right, exactly. I think people selling essential oils generally love them for some for some reason. They found one or more that do something for them. And it's almost like it's, it's okay, I want to sell this now. And it's just going to sell itself. It's so fantastic. I'll just be the vehicle giving it to people. And then that's not how it works. And, and then you have a question like, can I really be successful? Can I really, you know, do this as a business? Yeah. So especially with essential oils, network marketing, you're going to have plenty of people selling the same product as you. So what you're selling is yourself and you want the person to want to buy from you more specifically. And why are they going to want to buy from you? And that's kind of what you're selling is the reason they need to buy from you. Right. Yeah. I think we, we talked about that a bit on mm -hmm. your episode of building that trust in that relationship with people and not just being like, okay, here's a product. This is how much it costs, but Hey, this is what this does for me. And this is, you know, my experience and how this can help you. Yeah. There's gotta be passion behind it. You can't just yeah. like w want to make money because you saw someone else do it. It's like, what does it mean for you? What does, you know, selling essential oils mean for you? What does it mean to help other people, you know, maybe switch to more natural lifestyle? How has it changed your family? How can you get other people to 
to care about it. Yeah, exactly. It, like I said, if, if you've just been maybe posting on social media, like I have this oil, it costs this much. <laughs> you go. Like, okay, I don't want to follow an ad. Exactly. But so you might try like, hey, this is what this oil did for me. This was amazing. This was what was like you said, what was going on in my family and why we started using this. And then you have, you know, that trust and that connection with the product and the potential buyers. The other question says, I've just started selling Airbon. <laughs> uh, I've talked to all my friends and post to social media all the time, but so far only a few purchases. How do I get people to buy from me? So this kind of goes into a little bit of what we talked about is if you, and I'm going to go based off how do you get people to buy from you? In the online space, if you had a normal Instagram account and then all of a sudden you decided to start trying to sell Airbon, if previously you weren't some type of influencer and people didn't come to you for health and wellness, and why are they all of a sudden going to just trust you and trust to buy that product from you? You're going to have to build that trust up and build that authority and make people see you as an authority first before they're ever going to consider buying from you. So I would say start to show like how you are the authority, show your wellness routine, show your workouts, show what you're doing to start to build up that authority and why should they trust you. And then from there, start making connections, start reaching out to people and not to sell to them, just to build genuine connections. That, that's a very important part to business that a lot of people don't know about when they're like first going into it is building just genuine connections with people. Exactly. And it could be, you know, liking, commenting on people's posts. And from there, continue the conversation, then start messaging them. And it's not a sprint. <laughs> it's a marathon. So don't go into it thinking by, you know, your first month, then you're gonna be like moving up rank and making all these sales. It's a process. And with any business, the bonus side to network marketing is you don't have to put so much money into it. It's a small fee. That's true. And yeah a lot of room for growth, you just have to be committed. So it's not something that you can do overnight, just as any business, you can't build a multi billionaire business in one night. So it's going to take time. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's interesting, the um, success entitlement mindset that comes up. And I've had that too. You have typically so so much insecurity. But then if you finally do start doing something, it's like, okay, I'm smart person and I started selling essential oils I'm not making money this is not right <laughs> like what is what is going on here I, I should be able I should be able to do this you know you start shitting on yourself and you know then a lot of people are just like well then it's not for me you know and they and they give up but if it's a new business it's something new that it takes that time and that building of connection and trust to you know be successful and i think that's a very common experience for all entrepreneurs and you know but we have social media today where all we see is people posting their success stories this is how much money i made with Airbon last month, you know, we tend to be like, well, I didn't. Why didn't I make that much money? And we don't realize how long they've been doing it, who is helping them, you know, what kind of connections or market they had before and all that stuff that, that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. And my favorite thing to bring up to clients is what is the one thing that they can do today that can help move that needle forward? And if that's making five new connections, then start there. If that's hosting a class, start there, you know, whatever it's going to be for them and for their business. 
And I think every time they know what it is they need to do, but they're just avoiding that. And they'd rather just, you know, post the pretty pictures. Yeah, exactly. When when the fear of failure or sometimes it's the fear of success in, it's like, what do I need to do today? Oh, I need to build my website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instead of making those five connections that are actually going to build that trust and, and really move you forward. It's like, I'll spend eight hours playing on the internet trying to make my website pretty. <laughs> Exactly. I might have done that before. I don't know. So yeah, that's definitely um, good points and things like that, you know, how to be successful and how to get people to buy from you. That's, you know, where a coach like Brittany comes in and helps you with that. So here is a final question for everyone because it's a general coaching question. How do I know what coach to work with? Who wants to take the first stab at that? All right. I'll jump in. <laughs> you, you always jump in. I'm in as a leader. <laughs> I would say how you can determine that is by just knowing, obviously through connection, that's the biggest point is, are you connected with the person that you're speaking with? So you might be able to get a feel for different type of coaches, like their personality, are they relatable? Are they aligned to what your needs are? And are you aligned with their mission? I think that's a really big thing to kind of tap into is just the alignment. And I feel like you can tell just off of personality and like what they do and how they help others if they're going to be the right fit for you. And I also think a coach that has a lot of active listening skills, if they're able to really like identify and pinpoint and reflect back to you, I think that's really important too, to help identify which coach would be right for you. Yes. Connection is, is definitely key because if you don't have that rapport, if, if you don't see them, you know, as someone you trust and can listen to, then you're not going to be open to the process. Yes, exactly. What do you think, Barbara? How should somebody, like, how would they know if a coach was right for them? Yeah, for me, it has to match your personality. It has to understand where you want to go and and you have to have a good feel. If you have questions, if, if there's something this person said that you didn't like, of course, you can always be using these questions of doubt because of some blocks that uh, you'd want to prevent yourself from working and helping yourself. So it's difficult, but you really have to, you know, give it a try. Of course, you can always talk and get to know the person and get into a conversation without a compromise. So you have to, for me, it's very important to have that chance to, to go in a conversation where, where there are no strings attached and see how I feel and see how this person got me and, and how much I was able to open to this person. That's important for me. And I think everyone should have this in mind because if you are going to work with a coach and you are hiding half of the stuff because you feel like you're going to be judged or criticized or whatever, even if it's just an illusion. So you have to really feel the flow when you are sharing. And if you felt right, then that's the right person. Right. Yeah, that, that's very important. And that's one of the things that, you know, I, I know for me, when people, people will say like, I, I don't know if I should be more professional or not. And I'm like, well, if that is what resonates with you, there are people who do want like that pristine expert kind of thing. But there are also a lot of people that they're not going to be open hmm. with that person, right? That person right. in their mind is going to be so high above them that they're yeah. not, they're not going to share all the things that they, they need to share to do the work. And so, you know, being human and Amanda yeah. and I, we have talked about this on our, one of her episodes, it opens to that connection where it's like, Hey, I'm a human. 
I've gone through these things. I've learned some tools and techniques that can help you. Right. You know, and then, and allows that person to be like, oh, okay, I can be honest with this person. I can be open. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels more like a peer than an authority. Someone like, yeah, I know what you mean, you know? And not someone like, hey, I'm do that, do that, do that. And it's very important. It's very important for, for, for being open. Because if you don't open up, nobody's going to be able to guide you, help you, and, you know, understand what's going on. That connection, the personality, and someone who, who you can relate to is mm-hmm. important. What do you think, Brittany? Yeah, I think what both, you know, Amanda and Barbara said is someone who you have that connection that you feel comfortable with. I think it's really important to jump on a call, you know, see if a coach offers a clarity call or some of some sort to get a feel for, you know, who that person is, if they can help you, number one. I know a lot of people, if they're looking for a coach and they jump on that clarity call, they feel like it's almost like an interview for them. But don't be afraid to interview the coach and ask the questions that you want to ask because it's to see if you guys are both a good fit. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking for on a call, not just are you in, you know, in the market that I serve, but do we connect? Do we both fit mm-hmm. and we can work together? Because I want you to get the best results. And if I'm not the person, then we'll figure that out and we'll find someone else. Exactly. If we get on a call and I can't help you, I will tell you that. It's to see if we're going to work out together and what's right. going to be a best fit for you. So that that's a, a great value. You know, you see their content and you can kind of gauge personality and connection there. But then it's okay to to get on the call and to talk and ask questions and find out if they're the best fit for you because you're going to make a very important and generally extensive investment of, of time and money in this relationship. And it's important to make sure that it's the, the best fit for you. You know, we have all these wonderful coaches here that are open and willing to to talk to you about anything and, and give you value even just on that consult call. So that's a very good thing if the you know coaches you're looking at, if they offer you that, that consult call. That was a lot. Of, of information for a wide variety of topics. I will give you each an opportunity to kind of tie things up or close them off with some last words from you to, you know, the people who are listening that might be interested in working with you. Amanda, final thoughts with Amanda. Ooh, final thoughts. Okay. Um, yeah, I just feel like if you're in this space where there are challenges coming up for you, whether it's mindset, business, mental health, emotional eating, then I think now is better time than ever to take the next step and invest in a coach. And just like what Brittany was saying to really being able to have that open communication and gain clarity and interviewing the coach as well. I think that is a beautiful thing. And just thank you all to the listeners for coming in here. And I'm just... I'm excited for them and their next steps and whoever they decide to invest in for themselves in their future. Exactly. And like we talked about earlier, you know, you go, you have all kinds of phases and changes in your lives. So they might work through a few of us. (laughs) I like no joke. I just posted on Instagram 10 years. I was a party girl. And now 10 years later, I'm this multi-passionate entrepreneur, health guru. I'm like, you can change. Like we're always evolving. We're always changing. You never know where you're going to be in the next year. You know, that's true. So what about you, Barbara? Last words, final thoughts, last words. Uh, (laughs) That sounded like I was about to execute you. Um, I would say if you feel like you are going somewhere, like you need to do something because you have that inner feeling about, oh, I need to do 
but I don't know how. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, it doesn't matter what what is it, the kind of help that you need, but if any area of your life, like you feel like, you know, it's time, but just ask for help and a coach is going to be able to help you. That's kind of like uh, last words. <laughs> ask for help. It's not going to kill you. It's really going to help you. <laughs> right. Right. When you, especially like you go out there and you're at that point, I want to do this or I want to do that. And I, I've wanted to do it for a long time. And then you start, yeah. you go onto the, the world wide web and you're just like, okay, it's too hard for me. It's too much. Yeah. I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know where to start. Don't like, overwhelm yourself. Like when I decided to hire a coach for the first time, that was 2012, I think. It's because I had this problem with, I was dealing with overwhelm. I'm super active and I'm always like running a hundred times at a time. And it was like, I, I need to put my priorities clear. And then it was like, I don't know. I know, I know what I have to do, but it's like, no. And then I was doing nothing and, and I wasn't moving, but right. I wanted to. And so I was like, okay, it's time for help. And then the coach was like, okay, great. <laughs> and then it helped. Exactly. That, that's what we're, we're here for, for helping you with, with the clarity and the overwhelm and you don't know how to do something. Okay. That doesn't mean it's not for you, right? Well, you, can, you can ask for that help and then you can learn and you can get it done. Right. What about you, Brittany? Some final thoughts for us today? Yeah, I think if, if you're just starting out in network marketing, marketing, if you are in the middle of it, or maybe feel like you're getting exhausted, not sure like what next step to take, I can definitely help you. It really helps to have someone to get you back on track and get you into a positive mindset because that mindset shift is what's going to take you to the next level. Like Barbara said, don't be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. And I remember when we did your episode, um, that's episode four for anybody who hasn't checked that out yet. Like you got me excited just hearing, you know, about how you help these people because I was just like, oh, I know so many people and they wanted to start this little side hustle. And it was like, oh, I'll just go sell these oils. And that doesn't go anywhere. It's not because you can't do it or it's too hard for you. You just have to be willing to ask for help. And there are people out there like Brittany that, you know, can help you figure out what, what it is you don't know. And then you can, mm -hmm. then you can be successful with it. Yeah. I think that's my number one is I just want to see people stick with it and start to get like a little bit of taste of success so that they continue on. Because the women that I know that have had success, it's turned into so much more than them just selling oils. Now they do so much more with it, a wellness coach, or whether it's now they train people or personal trainers. It's just like the beginning. So if they can stick to it right. and see, you know, how their purpose develops as they grow as a person, as they grow with the company, yeah, there's exactly. so much more that they'll bring into their life. Yeah, that, that's like like Barbara was saying, your purpose is not big, you know, mm -hmm. a, a passion for essential oils, if you stick with it, could, you know, take you anywhere. You, you don't know where that, that path is going, but you have to get on it and, and stay on it. And that, that's how you do that with, with a coach and someone to, to help you through the, that process and the thought work, as well as the, the, leg, the leg work, as, as far as Barbara and Brittany are like, I don't know how to do a business. Like, okay. I got you. I, I know the mindset blocks that are going on here and how 
the action steps to take. That was a lot of value that you guys offered today. And I think that for me, like final words or last, last words would be the, the willingness, like we said, to ask for help. Whether it's anxiety and perfectionism, depression, eating, you know, your business, your, your goals, your purpose, whatever it is, you don't have to, to just struggle on your own or even, you know, within your thoughts. Like Brittany said, you know, what does a coach do? You know, it helps you with your, with your, with your thoughts. But that's, that's part of the process is, is figuring out your mindset your blocks and how to get you where you want to go. And that's what a coach does. Thank you, lovely ladies, for being here today and giving everyone your your time. And if this resonated with anyone, I encourage you to, to ask for the help. Reach out and get the things that you want. Go after what it is you want and live more vibrantly. 